friends, welcome to another episode of Inquire Inside. My name is Landon Wietrich, and today I'm joined by my good friend, Doug Mangers. On this podcast, you've heard me interview many entrepreneurs and heard about their challenges, wins, and perspectives. Doug brings another perspective to the table in that he's been employed by the same company for 26 years. Today you're going to hear how Doug utilized his strengths, morals, and self-awareness to obtain a very prestigious position in the oldest privately held national construction company in the country. I know you're going to love this conversation. Real quick, before we get into it, there are only going to be two more episodes this month before the transition into the new podcast starting in February. I've been busy preparing the new project and will be sharing more information about it the week of the 19th. So make sure you're following the Instagram page at Inquire Inside. I appreciate each of you for tuning in and joining me on this journey. Now let's jump into this conversation with Doug Mangers. Just for the listeners, for anybody listening, who do you work for and what is your role there? I work for McCarthy Building Companies, um, where I've worked for 26 years. And my current role is leading the operations group in the field here in St. Louis. I'm a senior vice president of operations for McCarthy Central Region. You said for 26 years. Correct. And so that's since college, correct? Correct. Yeah. Started with McCarthy uh, three months after I graduated from Illinois back in 1996. That's incredible. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 50 years old as of a couple uh, weeks ago. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. So 26 years. And I was going to maybe ask this question later on, but I'll, I'll go ahead and ask it now. At, at what point throughout those 26 years were you like, I, I could be here for a while. Like I, I'm, 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 I'm with this, I'm with McCarthy for the long haul. Was there, was there a certain point where you knew that? Was it something you observed or just like, when did that happen? I can't say that I had some sort of an epiphany at some moment through the career i'm a pretty loyal guy so it would have probably even one year in it probably would have taken something a little bit drastic to get me to leave to be honest um and certainly nothing nothing drastically bad has ever happened right and a lot of really good things have happened and so at some point during that time frame landon i mean i was definitely here for life i don't know if that was like i don't know when that i don't remember when that occurred to me but I'm going to guess maybe once I'd made a couple moves, you know, I moved a lot in my earlier part of my career. That's right. Maybe once I made that first move out to Denver, which was my third job, it just felt like, and this is definitely it. Cause I really enjoyed the move. I enjoyed the new people, the new um, projects, the different places. So I, I think I was pretty much hooked by that first move to Denver, which was three years in. I was just going to ask, okay, three years in. Wow. From, I don't remember feeling that way at the time, but looking backwards, I would say that by then I was definitely hooked. Sub, subconsciously, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, see what you're yeah, saying. Because, exactly. and as you know, you and I were talking uh, just, just last week or whenever that was, we've had a lot of entrepreneurs here on the show, and, and they've talked about what they've loved about being an entrepreneur, entrepreneur the challenges, and a lot of them are kind of a, I don't say a jack of all trades, but they're, they're good at multiple things and they kind of learn to, to com- combine everything into, so they're, 
they can be a one-man show if they have to. And then, of course, as they grow, they can outsource things and so forth. So I, I really wanted to have you on just to share your perspective of what it's like to be with, with a company for as long as you have. And it's just, I was listening to a podcast the other day. Uh, the podcast was called Modern Wisdom. At least I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So forgive me if I get this wrong. I'm pretty sure this was the podcast, what it, uh, what it was. But the host was saying how the the number of options that we have today it can bring a lot of anxiety options just with, with everything like because he was talking about finding a spouse and how back in the day if if the farm a couple miles over had a daughter that was remotely close to your age you were probably going to end up with her and and have a family with her and whereas nowadays i mean you, you can travel you're meeting new people every day and it, it goes the same thing with with jobs or, or where you could live schools whatever and while we could think that brings on so much opportunity, it also can bring a lot of stress. It can also make us just kind of spin our wheels and bring indecision because we don't know which option to take. Whereas back in the day, when options were so limited, people picked whatever was was there and they succeeded because that they didn't have any distractions of, oh, maybe I could have done this or I could do that. And I think... So all that to say, Doug, is did you struggle with that at all right out of college? What made you pick McCarthy? Or was it just a simply of like they're, they're the ones that hired me? Like maybe you applied to a lot of people. You know, it's funny. It wasn't, it wasn't the best time to get a job when I graduated. It wasn't a terrible time either. Um, I interviewed with a variety of people. I ended up, I really, at the end of the day, only had two offers. One job offer was to go work for a smaller company in Minnesota. They're based in Minneapolis. Don't even remember the name of them at this point. And the other one was McCarthy. And I was wrestling with the decision. Um, the McCarthy that I know today was not the same McCarthy back in 1996. And so I can't really claim that I I knew that McCarthy was going to take off like it did as an employee-owned company and, and be amazingly successful. It was at the time already a very old company. Um, and it was big. This other company was small. So I was having this conversation with myself about, you know, small fish, big pond, big fish, small pond. And, and I was praying about it as well. And I just didn't feel any direction about where I should go. And so at the end of the day, I was, I was made the, you know, the typical list of pros and cons. And I, what it came down to, it broke the tie is I felt like it would be pretty easy to go from Big McCarthy, which would have given me a bunch of experience on larger projects, if I decided I wanted a smaller, um, you know, company to work for, that I would be more of a, a key member of the smaller team. I thought it'd be easier to go from big to small than it would be to go from small to big. So I chose McCarthy, and I, I mean, it, it's I didn't choose it because of the things that I know now. Um, when yeah. we hire people now, we are so much better at telling them things that that here's what we have to offer. Back then, we were kind of a big little company, and I interviewed <laughs> with a bunch of people, and they seemed pretty awesome. I mean, that that's kind of was it, right? I, they didn't sell me on a training program. They didn't sell me on anything. They sold me on this company's fun. It, we do we build amazing projects. Um, look at this stuff we build. Um, come work here. That was that was kind of it. And of course, I was 22 years old, so that sounded awesome to me. Yeah, and 26 years later, like uh, of course, things have changed dramatically. Like you said, they've like. 
things have evolved and, and you've grown, the company has grown. So yes. did you know that you were going to have to move as much as you did when you first started? Um, yeah, back then we were, we were pretty psycho about saying, you can either tell us you'll move anytime we ask you to, or you don't get to work here. I mean, that okay. was pretty much the way it was. And I was not opposed to it. I had lived in Illinois my entire life. Um, I was somewhat adventurous, I would say, and enjoyed, you know, vacations and going places. And so I was ready to move. I, I had no, no issues with moving. Um, and when McCarthy moved me to St. Louis to start, um, that was fine. And when they moved me to Colorado, that was fine. Um, and once I made the first move, like I kind of mentioned before, um, I was kind of hooked on moving and I got to move to a lot of cool places and meet a lot of great people and see the way that construction or business in general gets done differently in different places was interesting to me. And then how many times did you move total? Um, I, I like counting even the, like the little three or six month versions, like, I don't know, 10 or 10 or something ish, something like that. I'm not sure not to count them up. I know that my current, um, 16 year old daughter, um, before the age of three, she lived in four states. That's incredible. <laughs> but my 11-year-old daughter has only lived in one state because you know, I'm a bit settled now in my career here in the home office as opposed to project-based uh, you know, on, the, on the job site. Yeah, because, and forgive me, I think I feel like you and I maybe talked about this in, in private conversations, but um, there's, there's really no plan of you ever having to move again. Am I, am I correct? Yeah, not, not really. I could definitely stay here. Uh, you never know what, um, there's been a little bit of discussion I have brought up that I really enjoyed being on project teams. And so perhaps, um, at some point here at the end, towards the end of my career, um, maybe I'd want to go out to a job again, um, and, and manage a field team, uh, one last time. And that could be anywhere in the country, right? There's actually been a few discussions about a couple of jobs in particular, since I am nearing the end of my McCarthy journey. And so, um, yeah. I've said that to enough people that I get some calls every now and then from, from people saying, Hey, how about Flagstaff or how about this? And yeah. I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I don't know. I'm interested. Let's talk. That is so cool. How many different roles have you had throughout these past 26 years? How many different titles? Actual titles. Um, well, just run real fast. Project engineer, assistant superintendent, project superintendent, project manager, senior project manager, project director, vice president of operations, senior vice president of operations. So nine. Wow. I mean, a couple of those, your, your senior VP ops, not just a VP ops, your senior manager. <laughs> so really seven, if you want to, you know, it's really seven. Some of those are pretty minor shifts is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are a little bit more so. Just means you worked here long enough, I guess. I don't know. Well, but okay, and this is a good segue into another one of my my questions for you. So it's like, yes, you you've been here long enough, but at the same time, that there, there's more to it than that, and 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 you know that, and I know that, and so let's talk about that a little bit. What do you think? When just looking back, are there specific? practices that you consistently put into place habits that you had or things that you learned along the way 
that helped you grow from one role to the next? Um, you know, that's a good question. There, there's a few things I would say. Um, some of the things that have helped me a ton um, are things that my parents taught me, right? Way back in the day. Um, one of you know, McCarthy has a core values, set of core values, right? They're really important to us. Um, one of those is all in, right? And, and my parents taught me to be all in. I, I didn't learn that from McCarthy. My parents taught me that. And so we worked hard. We had a good time um, back when I was a kid, um, but we learned to appreciate um, and enjoy work, right? And this is a hardworking company. And so I'm all in, as are many people here. So just working hard is a key, I think. Um, but another another big thing is, is this is a relationship business. This is a relationship company. Um, frankly, every business and every company are relationship based. And I love people. Um, I like to talk to people. Um, I like to, frankly, I, I've learned over the years. I didn't maybe even know this at the beginning. I was more of a shy kid and a, a quiet college student, maybe with, with professors and things, but I like to lead people. Um, I really do. And I, I didn't, I didn't really do that till I came here, to be honest. I didn't, wasn't the captain of any team I was on. I wasn't, I just, I wasn't a, a tremendous leader as a younger person, but um, I love to lead people. It's really fun um, to see a team succeed and to do well. And to, there's, it's obviously the right thing to do to pass the credit on down to your team and to take the criticism to yourself. That's the right thing to do. But I would say that it, it's not even that hard for me to do. It just feels, feels good to do that, you know? Um, and when you build those types of teams and when you, you just invest in people and then you appreciate them and you, um, you, you tell them that you appreciate them. Like that's how you become a leader of people. And that's what I've done here, right? I've become a leader of project teams and then eventually a leader of the people that are leading those teams. And um, frankly, I miss that direct line leadership. I, that's why I, I consider going backwards um, to that spot in my career because leading a team of 20 or 30 people on a project team, that's like a sweet spot. I think that's my sweet spot. That's where I'm the best. I love to get to know everybody really well, to know who they are. What is the name of their spouse? What is the name of their kids? What do they like to do for fun? In my current role, there's just too many people. I can't know all of them that well. And that that is, I'm not as good at that. Not great with names. I forget things, right? And so I, I kind of long for the days when I knew everything about everybody. And that was fun. Yeah. So your son, Braden, he's 14? He is. So what if he was was just beginning, he just graduated college, graduated college and was going to be starting a path similar to you, so similar to this. He just got hired by a very, you know, a uh, company that was doing very well. What would be, how would you coach him? What would be the advice that you would give to him? You know, it's funny you say that, and maybe, maybe we've talked about this and maybe that's why you said it, but so you know, Braden desperately wants to um, get a degree in civil engineering from the University of Illinois, and then work for McCarthy for the rest of his life. That's exactly what he wants to okay. do. Okay, I don't, I don't know if we did talk about that. That's so interesting. <laughs> so, and, and the advice I would give him is the same advice I would give anybody else that's starting to work here, right? Yeah. Um, and it ties to the things I just talked about, and it, it's related. It's interesting <clears throat> to a few of the things that you said earlier about people and all their choices mm -hmm. and. You can read a hundred. You can read a hundred articles on the internet, um, and it'll tell you the way to get ahead is to quit your company and move to the next company, and then ask for more money, 
and then make sure that you ask for a raise every seven minutes, right? And, and make sure you're pushing, 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 pushing. And I think that that's actually partially true, um, but only if you define success and happiness by making more money, which is not how I would define success and happiness. And my observations of people that I work with would also, um, that would not be the truth, right? So I would tell him, like I tell everybody, be patient, work hard, look for people to help, right? Look to make, yes, you should help make your boss look great. That's a good thing for your career. And it's a good thing for you as a person, but how about trying to make the people beside you in, in the organization look great? And how about trying to help the people below you in the organization? Like if you invest in all those people, it's great for your career, but also just makes you feel good. It's the right thing to do, right? If you care about people, um, then everything will work out great. And I, I tell this to people all the time that, that get a little anxious because I've learned to be patient with people that are pushing hard for promotions and, and going up, up, up. I used to get really annoyed about that. But now I realize, hey, tons of people are like that. And that's yeah. fine. I just say, just trust me that when you're like 26 years in, you're not going to look back and say, do you remember 20 years ago when it took an extra six months to get promoted to a soup? Remember how mad I was about that? You, it's never going to it's never going to happen. It's, you're never going to think that. So just relax. If you if you do good work, if you develop the people below you to come and take your place, if you do good work, if you work hard, it's all going to work out. That's what I tell. That's what I would tell Braden. That's awesome. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, do, do you personally like rub shoulders with any entrepreneurs? You know, I, I was hoping we would come back to the entrepreneurial theme since yeah. if this is a podcast for those people, I'm like the opposite of those people in but, every way. But not necessarily, not necessarily. Um, because it is, it is, yes, but not, not that many. I mean, I deal with a lot of business owners. So in that way, yes. Sure. But sure. construction's a bit of a, a um, more of a traditional business. And so there's certainly yeah. entrepreneurs, right? But they're entrepreneurs in that they um, started a business, which is which fits the mold, right? Yeah. But they often don't start ten businesses, which is I think when you think when you think traditional mindset of who an entrepreneur is, that's what you're thinking, right? I don't feel like I interact with a lot of those people in in our work in construction, which is a traditional conservative type of a business in my mind. Just what I'm what I'm getting at is I really wonder how much of it just comes down to a, a personality because just what I know about you and I mean, you, you and I have known each other for like going on uh, 15 years or so, something like that. And what I know about your strengths, your personality, and then just everything that you've shared so far, it just really seems to, I mean, there's a reason why you've been with McCarthy for so long. It, it fits you so well. It's a part of who you are and, and it fits your personality. And whereas, um, just with the conversations that I have with that I have had with entrepreneurs, there is certain things that you've expressed that are very similar. And then at the same time, there's some things that they've expressed that, that were very different. And I, th I think some of it's just kind of a, of a patience thing and being able to stick something out, be consistent with it. And what, what you've been able to accomplish in you know, you know, going towards three decades with McCarthy for for your for your shire of that is, you've been very successful with this, 
and it's it's not necessarily a path that everybody would choose. And and unfortunately, it's not a path that necessarily everybody can do because not everybody has the patience and not everybody has that that work ethic and that consistency to do that because I'm sure patience has really played a big role throughout your whole career like wait like you said like waiting for promotions and so forth right yeah but but what's interesting about construction is that if you're impatient and I'm not sure I'm the most patient person but if you're if you're um I don't know you are impatient or you, you don't like doing the same thing for a whole bunch of years in a row. I would certainly not say, you know, just walk through the first couple of years of my career, right? I went to a project in St. Louis. It was a pretty, I thought it was the biggest job in the world because I used to build grain bins before that, but it was actually a very small job by any McCarthy standard. I worked on it for 18 months. It was done. I moved um, about a mile down the road to work on another project at St. Louis University. But when that job was halfway done, I got moved to an industrial project mm. for a Toyota plant that was an hour up the road. So I didn't move, but I went to a different project. So I went from building a school building um, to an industrial plant. Totally different. Like the craft that we worked with, totally different. The whole atmosphere, totally different. And walking through a factory where picture them carrying in forklifts around molten aluminum that they use to you know, do die cast engine parts. And then I worked there for a year and a half. And then they asked me to move to Denver hmm. to work on a hospital. So you're getting the point. Like it, these, these moves are fairly quick. Sure, right? sure. I'm working in different states with completely different teams. Nobody's the same on any of these teams. I didn't share a single person in, in common through all those teams. And so in that way, Landon, it's a little more, it's not maybe what you think. Whereas if I you are going to go work for a, say you're an accountant and you're going to work for a big six firm, you're going to just, there's a path and you're going to do different stuff, but you might go to the same office for 25 years yeah. straight. That's certainly <laughs> not been my experience, you know? So it's different. Yeah. Yes. Same company, but many, many different roles, different teams, different people all on the path, you know? Sure. Thank you for explaining that. that. Cause that does make a lot of sense. It really keeps things from getting stale and mundane when you're exactly continually having, you're getting to, to change jobs, change atmospheres and so forth with with a the the more of the the senior positions that you've had and uh, or, or executive positions maybe that's more of an, an appropriate word um you know you get to go to a lot of events and banquets and so forth and i th- you know those are, are those are a significant part of your job i would imagine well in the sense that for so so like entrepreneurs talk about networking Right, they go to networking events, meeting new people, and so forth, yeah. and so forth. And in a way, would you say that's kind of how you would network, or in other words, not in the same way that an entrepreneur would, like a, like a business owner, but you're shaking hands, people people put a, a face to your name, they're getting to know who you are as a person, as opposed to just you, Doug Mangers, right? Yeah, and it, you know, most entrepreneurs are in a subset of, of, of life or business or the, the financial world or whatever. Right. And, and, and that's how they get to know people. And that's how they start connecting dots, right. Through, through similar type of experiences. And, and what I do, as it turns out, I, I, I became a bit of a healthcare expert, right. I worked on a bunch of hospitals in a row. And what's fascinating to me is the world of hospital design and hospital management, hospital construction is pretty small. So if I go to 
there's a big conference that I've been to many, many times. Um, it's called ASHI and, and their PDC conference. And if I go to ASHI, I will literally know hundreds of people from all over the country. Wow. And it's because of those relationships. I've worked in various spots. So I get to know a lot of subcontractor partners and I get to know a lot of design partners and I get to a lot of, and a lot of clients, right? Different healthcare systems. And this hospital COO went from this system to that system. And I got introduced to three more people and it's just a small world and it's always a small world. And so that's fascinating to me. Um, and then here in St. Louis, you know, as I've lived here now for th- 13 years, you know, I've gotten to know a ton of people here, right. And, and the construction world here in St. Louis, this is a big city, right. But it's a small world when it comes to the people that are involved in building big things, which is what we do here at McCarthy. And so, yeah, I can go to an event here in St. Louis, a gala or for charity or whatever. Yeah. I will know a lot of people. And that's just, you know, one week at a time meeting another person, another person, another person. Pretty soon, you know, a lot of people. That's how it works. Yeah. And so, yeah, I make an effort to know those people, but it's not that hard. You know, you just have to be open-minded as you go to an event to try to meet somebody new and, and you will, and then you'll know them the next time. Yeah. It's something that I think about when, like with, with my company, <clears throat> not the company that I own, the company that I work for. So, because we, we, we do events, we do, you know, internal company events, but then we also have conventions to go to and so forth. And some of those are mandatory, but most of them are not. And, you you would probably highly recommend that I or or whoever you know like say like somebody on your team you would probably encourage them to go to pretty much any event they could and and meet new people put their put their face out there. I would with a caveat, right? When you're younger in your career, I would say yes, and there's probably not that many that you're sort of more required or strongly encouraged, or, you know, you need to go to mm-hmm. when you get a little more advanced in your career, I could go to an event every night. I could have a event oh. with a client. I could go to somewhere. I could, um, tonight I'm, I'm doing work. Um, in the evening last night I did the night before I did and the night before I did. So the problem with that is, as you know, Landon, since you know me, I have a family of five, um, and I care about them. And so I do say no to, to go into things, right? You have to control that. Sure. Um, when you're, if you're very, very young in your career, you won't have as many opportunities. And so you probably should just get, get out there and do the things that you have optional. If you're me, you're the opposite. You're trying to do the right thing for the business. Um, but more important than the business to me is my family. And so it's a balancing act about which things to go to and which things not to. You made me think of something else. So a lot of several of the guests that I've had on this show, the, the entrepreneurs, or they talk about like, oh, like I could never do a nine to five. And <laughs> you and I have had conversations about this. The nine to five for you, at least, is, is kind of a myth. You don't work nine to five. You're working like six to six <laughs> or <Yeah>. even later. <laughs> yeah. But then some days I'm working six to three because sure. my daughter has a cross country meet, right? There's lots of Okay. True. Flexibility here at McCarthy and, and I'm trying to get the work done. And, um, but yes, I, I work a lot. Um, and most people in this industry, I would say, and, and especially at McCarthy work a fair number of hours. People here don't work 40 hours a week. Um, that was my next question. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not working just that minimum 40 hours. No, yeah. No. No. And what we've tried to coach is, is back in the olden days, even if there was nothing to do, 
you were kind of expected to work like work 55 hours a week. But now we're like, we try to call it maybe wartime peacetime. Hey, there's a time on the project that is tough and we need to pour into it and we need you here on Saturday. But then there's other points in the project life cycle where no, things are not busy. Can you please just go home? You've been here since 6.30. Can you just go home at 2.30 today? Why, why would you stay here? There's nothing to do. There'll be something to do later. Don't yeah. worry. We'll, we'll get you. Um, just take it easy. I just think that's, it's, um, I don't know, miscommunicated or misrepresented oftentimes, like we, like we think of like, oh, the entrepreneur is, is always working or, or they can work whenever they want. They have the, the flexible schedule. And there are, there are times where that is the case, but also, um, the, uh, but yeah, like I, I think very few, well, men that are in a position like yours in that you have, you have a, you have a family, you have kids that are, that are in school and playing sports and stuff. And, and you're, you're not just like a brand new career guy starting out is what I'm trying to say. And just it, very few men in your position are only working 40 hours a week and without maybe their wife also having to work. Yes. And it's, so this is an interesting thing that there's a woman I work with here. Um, not as much directly anymore. She works in talent acquisition for us and her and I would have a million conversations about things. And we would talk about how younger people these days were having different priorities, Mm. um, in life. And, and what's, what would be interesting about our conversations is, is she would push on me and say, you know, the way that you did it might not be the right answer for everybody. And I would say, you're totally right. Um, but sometimes I would talk to her and say, Hey, listen, it, it, it feels like to me that you think that I worked so hard that I have regret of some level. And I really don't, you know, I, I, uh, I liked my job and at McCarthy, especially, I felt like my coworkers became family, you know, especially when you're traveling, it's really a thing when you move to a state, when you move to New Hampshire and there's, you know, there's 25 of us that don't know a soul and we all moved to New Hampshire to build a hospital. Like you become pretty tight. Um, Sure. Sure. And so I I tell this story all the time. Like there was on that particular job, there happened to be a bunch of single young men. um, And we would, we would work long hours it's winter in New Hampshire. There's nothing else to do when it's dark and cold and everything else is terrible. And we'd be sitting around like, okay, it's, it's six 30. You guys hungry? Yeah. You guys done working? Yeah. Well, should we go to Applebee's, you know, have some chips and salsa and drink a beer. So I literally hung out these people for like 15 hours every day, <laughs> but I liked them. I mean, they were yeah. like brothers to me, you know? So we had a great time. We worked hard and I don't, I did not regret working hard. It, it, it didn't bother me. Um, I, I enjoyed my job and I enjoyed the people I work with. And I am not the most efficient worker because I enjoy a lot of banter during the day and talking to people and let's just have a good time while we're here. Let's laugh. You know, um, there's a time to, to shut my door and crank on something for sure. But I always, always had a good time at work. And so I don't bemoan the long hours. It's only the family insertion that causes me pause for that kind of a, a behavior, you know, otherwise I'd still work that many hours. I wouldn't care. It'd be great. Wow. That's so big. my point is this woman I worked with, she would oh, yeah. think that I would regret it. And I'd say these, these younger people who are desperately trying to, they won't work here because they say, Hey, we're not flexible enough on working from home. I'm like, well, no, we can't, you can't build a, 
a building from home, right? Most of us need to be there um, on the site, right? That's how it goes. Um, and, and no, you can't do it in 40 hours a week in this industry. It's just not how it works. And my point is, that's if you don't like that, that's okay. But don't like turn that off as an option as a young person. Maybe you'll love it. Yeah. I loved it. It, yeah. it. McCarthy didn't make me do this. Nobody put a gun to my head. I enjoyed my job a lot. And so I don't have really any regret about how hard I worked way back then in my 20s when I didn't have a family. It's totally fine. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Just the 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 younger the younger generation that you're now hiring, and really trying to attract to your company. Is that is that kind of a, a common trend? Like they they want more flexibility, whether it's work life balance or whether it's uh, working from home and so forth. Are are you seeing them as like night and day difference from the people that you started with? back, you know, back in the day? No, I, I would not say night and day difference at all. As there always has been, there is a variety of individuals with a variety of, you know, desires and wants and needs um, as, as human beings, right? And I would say today is just like it was 26 years ago, with the difference being that there are more people who are more focused on that, okay. you know, okay. 26 years ago, you would, maybe you thought that, you would not go to an interview 26 years ago and lead with work-life balance. <laughs> like you just, no person would ever in a million years do that 26 years ago. I have interviewed multiple people and I'll ask questions about culture and we're trying to find a match, a fit. I said, okay, how are you going to, how are you going to figure out where you want to work? You know, how are you going to figure out the cultural fit? How are you going to figure out if you are a fit for that place and that place is a fit for you? And people will sometimes just talk about, work-life balance and how their family is very important. Don, I think that's great. Yeah. I just wouldn't have led with that in an interview. 26 yeah. years ago, you'd say, I don't, you'd make sure to note, I don't have anybody I care about. I'm just going to come work at McCarthy for 20 hours a day. And <laughs> I love it. You know, that's what you would say. Yeah. And you might not be telling the truth, but that's what you would say. Right. So uh, not, not that I wouldn't tell the truth, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. it's just in today's society, in today's world, it just feels like that's become so predominant mm. um, that, that, a young candidate would expect for me to be impressed hmm. uh, that they're asking me, Hey, I don't have, I can work away from home and, and work only 40 hours a week. And I'm like thinking, no, no, you, you really can't yeah. do that. I'm sorry. So do you think it's, do you think it's ignorance or, or do you think it's there, there is enough companies that out that are out there that are offer, offering that or advertising that? What do you think it is? Well, it's um, the economy is, you know this, Landon, you're a well-read, studied person. There's very low unemployment. Um, there is, a, frankly, a lot of wealth in a lot of different spots in this country. A lot of people are doing great. Um, people, it's a supply and demand situation, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there, are, there are people that are going to get many, many, many offers. Um, the people that we will provide an offer to, a young, you know, fresh college graduate, will probably have multiple offers, Um if we try to hire somebody that's currently successful in another company, um, we'll give them an offer and it's quite possible they'll get an, an extremely um, uh, lucrative counteroffer, right? These are, this is just the world that we are living in a bit right now. So I think that there's some of that going on. Um, and again, I, I say this too, it might be um, that this younger generation is, is just a lot smarter than my generation. People, people in my generation have worked themselves to death. Some of them. Yeah. I don't think that I've done that. 
Um, but I can see it. Um, it's not funny at all. And we used to, I say that because sometimes we used to joke about this and it's really not funny at all. Right. Why is the divorce rate at yeah. McCarthy so high? Like this is terrible, right? This is again, not funny at all. Right. That is not good. There's a lot of pressure and stress and there's a lot of hours and it, it causes people, um, to do things they don't want to do and act ways they shouldn't act. And that's not healthy or good. So I, there's a, a sweet spot, I think maybe between how we had it 26 years ago, in my opinion, and how things maybe are moving now that perhaps we'll, as a, as a general society, will rebound back to some sweet spot. That's like just right. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. You mentioned loyalty earlier, and that was like one of the first words that you mentioned when we would like, when we started this podcast and I think that's something that my generation lacks a lot of and loyalty when it comes to, um, even unfortunately, um, spouses or, or you just say like romantic partners or, and jobs and it's, it is unfortunate and I, I need to be careful because sometimes I think I can run down this path of just, oh, like we're, this generation is just so far gone or, or the day and age that we live in is, has strayed so far. And I don't want to sound like that necessarily, but to, to a, to a point, I don't think that we, 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 we honor loyalty or, or, or cherish loyalty like we used to. It's like the fact of the matter is there are times that will be very difficult and you won't want to be there, whether whether that's in your marriage or whether that's at your job. But there is there's reward for being consistent and sticking it out. And like you were saying, appreciating that hard work and, and being all in, like you mentioned. And I don't know if there's not enough consequences for not being loyal or if there's just, I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. Well, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, one, yeah, I think loyalty in this day seems like a, well, it, if I said I'm very loyal to my company, somebody might say, oh, isn't that kind of cute? You know, like, mm, yeah. but they, they think maybe I'm being taken advantage sure. of in some way. And there's a couple of things I would say about that. Hey, every day I choose to show up to work here, we have a mutually agreeable arrangement, McCarthy and I, right? I, I, I don't have to come. I can quit tomorrow. McCarthy doesn't have to continue to employ me. They can fire me tomorrow, right? But I showed up. And best I know, I'm going to get paid uh, next week like always, right? So <laughs> there's really no reason for either party to have a particular angst or to feel like they're being taken advantage of. There isn't. And I, when you take that to the extreme, then people have convinced themselves that they are being taken advantage of. And so then they leave, right? Um, my question and what I, why I wonder if that might not go back is research will certainly be done about this and, and, and time will tell, but are those people really happier? You know, if you work for seven companies in five years, um, and that, that's a little extreme, maybe seven companies in 10 years, say, I mean, sure. well, are those people in general pleased with all of their decisions? Um, I would say that it's true that you can make more money working for 10 companies in seven years. I would say that's true. Yeah. But again, is that, why does that matter that much? Is, is my company taking advantage of me if a person that comes in at my same exact level makes more money than me? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's business. You have to hire somebody in 
to draw them away, you might have to overpay them. Um, and, you know, compared to if I'm a manager here, you have to hire a manager in. Is that unfair? Well, I guess in some sense, it's a little bit unfair. But does it matter at the end of the day? I mean, doesn't it all even out over time? Um, once they're here and they're compared to their peers, that'll all get level set. It'll all it'll all even out in the end. So if the new person that comes to work at their third company starts off making more money, that's true. And if you work here for a long time, you'll be paid fairly compared to your peers, right? Mm-hmm. Does any of that matter that much is, is my point. How much money is enough money? You know the old adage, right? How much money does everybody want to make? Just a little bit more. It's always <laughs> the answer. Whether you make $5 an hour or whether you make a million dollars a year, it's always a little bit more. It's what you want. Everyone till the day they die. That's what they think. Yeah. Would you say, I mean, oh, that was going to be uh, a question I already knew the answer to, but I, I know you as a man of faith and I know that that has played a big role as far as your your work ethic and and, and your commitment. And because a lot of things of what you're saying here, Doug, it's, it, it is kind of counterculture or, or like we would say, it kind of goes against what the, maybe the younger generation would say as far as make it as much money as you can. And you don't need to be tied down to, or, or, or loyal to one job or whatever, but there's some, there's some morality to being loyal and being content with your wages and uh, being respectful of, of your superiors and uh, rewarding I mean, not rewarding, but um, like you were saying earlier, making those around you look great. There's some morality to that. And I, I would say that, that a lot of that goes back to your faith. And unfortunately, those are things that just don't come naturally to a lot of people. And yeah, yeah it's kind of hard to find it, that in people. Yeah, all the things you just mentioned, you know, would have a, a very clear scriptural directive. Yeah. As a believer, you should be doing all of those things you just mentioned, for sure. And um, I, I wish I tied it all together overtly in that way more than I actually probably do. Um, uh, and unfortunately, just being honest, right? Trying yeah. to be honest about how things go for me on a day-to-day basis. Um, but yeah, I, I think that ultimately, um, not wanting the credit and and wanting to esteem the people around you at a high level and and being content, you know, like you said. Those are all, I mean, those are all straight from the Bible. And, and as you referred to, and as people that know me well know, that's, that's how I try to live my life. And that's the most important thing to me. And so, yes, that it is absolutely a way that this comes together in, 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 a, in a full picture, right? I tried to live a, the life of a believer here at McCarthy. And I feel like McCarthy has been great at letting me do that. You know, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll need to wrap up here in just a few minutes, but just one other question. This could be a longer answer, or you might just have a really short answer for this. But uh, have you? Has there ever been a, a moment or an event where you were, where you considered taking another path? Like, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe my course here has, has been run, and it's time to think of something else. Has there ever been a moment like that? Not really. Um, I would say that in I assume every business, but certainly in this business, from talking to my peers, you know. I, there's like a many, many times you get called by a headhunter, you know, I got an email today about somebody needs a COO of a construction company somewhere, yeah. right? And they, they thought of me because, oh, they've heard such great things about me. Yeah, whatever. So <laughs> you get those things all the time. Yeah. And I never, 
answer the phone and I never responded to the email. And in a moment of weakness, many years ago now, uh, maybe 15 years ago, I actually, I, it was petty. All the things I just talked about, how I need to be acting from based on my faith and based on who I'm trying to be. Yeah. I, I let myself have a pity party and I was feeling under, underappreciated. Sure. I'm working so hard and this is happening. And, ah, and I took the call and I actually had an interview. Um, and it, I was never leaving. There's no way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, a moment of weakness sure. to, to, and, and it's like I said before, the, the, the financial arrangement that this, this company offered me um, was really, really good. Right. Um, I could have made in the short term for sure more money working there. But again, is that the reason to leave? I mean, all my friends here, all the connections I have, all the cool things that I get to do by working for this company, because it's a great company. Um, I did have that single moment of weakness. Um, the only time I ever took the call from, from one of those individuals. And it was a long time ago. So I, I kind of laugh at myself now, um, thinking that myself is sort of immature and, and really petty about things. And no offense to the people that take that call. And some of them leave the company. It, it's it's yeah. okay. I, I, um, I have contact with lots of people that left this company. Um, and they're, they're great people still. They were great people when they worked here. And they're still great people. Um, and that's okay. Everybody has to find their own path. And for some people, it is good. It is good to leave and do something different. And to um, maybe they need a fresh start for some reason. Or maybe they, the, the people that have left mostly are the people that we've asked them to keep moving and doing these things. And it just doesn't work for them personally yeah. anymore. And you know what? Family first. So if that's what they need to do, that's what they need to do. I don't hold any... I esteem them for making a family first decision, sure. even if I'm disappointed they've left the company, you know? You know, I've heard it said a lot. It's it's never wise to make, and make sure I say this right, it's never wise to make permanent decisions based off of temporary emotions. And it's, I, I tell myself that a lot when it comes to like how I speak to my wife and uh, well, it might, might not necessarily be a permanent decision, but just like essentially not let your emotions take over and allow you to make a well, you can't take words back. So in some ways that is permanent. If you say something unkind to your spouse or, or to your to your kids or or even if you get if there's kind of some tension at work and you say something in a meeting or, or to your superior that you shouldn't. Um has there been anybody is there anybody else at McCarthy that has been there as long as you have or at least like from like is there anyone still there that was there when you started? Really? Okay. Yeah. There's a ton. Really? I mean, there really are. Yeah. It's a, the longevity we have in general is, is remarkable. Um, our, our, our turnover rate is exceptionally low for our industry and, and actually any industry. And so, yeah, it's really remarkable. I know we need to, we need to go, but why do you think that is? Why do you think the turnover is so low? You know, the McCarthy is a special place, right? You have this unique, it's 150, whatever, eight year old company. Um, run by generations of McCarthy family members who, who sold the company to all of the employees. And so we own the company. You know, we, we don't, we don't work for McCarthy. We, we are the owners of the company, right? So it just has a different feel to it, I think. And once people kind of get sucked in and drink the Kool-Aid, you know, um, they're like, wow, this is really amazing. And so a ton of people choose to stay, um, and, and again, there's, there's just not that many people that leave to go work for like one of our pure competitors, some, um, but the people that I know the best that have left lately, 
most of them have left for a family reason to do something or work in a different industry or whatever. Um, and, and just not that many people leave for those reasons, because it is a, a special company, I think, that has the big company flavor. We get to build amazing projects. You know, we we recently won a project that might be $3 billion, right? I mean, this is crazy how, how cool of things we get to do and yeah. build. Um, but yet, yeah. it does feel like a family here, right? Our culture is such that it feels like a family. And so if you can do these amazing projects and yet it still feels like a family, that's a sweet spot, right? To me. And I think people that appeals to people, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's say I am a college student and I'm about ready to graduate and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I don't know if I want to, if I want to start something, I, I maybe, maybe I have like a, like a skill set that I could start my own business or um, I might want to, you know, fill out my resume and, and send it to a few places. What would, what would your, your words be to them? You know, I, I think you do have to follow your passion um, and for what you want to do. Like different types of careers have different pros and cons. You know, um, if you want to be a, an elementary school teacher, there are some huge pros to doing that. And one of the cons is you might not make as much money if you're going to go run companies, right? But if you want to do that, you should do that. You should follow what what feels like your passion for life. You just can't go to work every day and not enjoy it. You know, you just can't. It's a, just no way to live because um, we work everybody. Even if you work 40 hours a week, that's still a lot of hours spent at your job place, you know. So um, I would say that. And, and I when people are in looking for a company to work for, it's the cultural fit. Now, how do you figure that out on a quick visit to their office? I don't know. There's a feeling there, you know, um, the cultural fit. And I, I tell students that I talk to, they should at least explore and try to talk to an employee-owned company. I think there is something there. Mm -hmm. um, everyone, everyone who works for McCarthy um, is an employee owner, right? And so that uh, sort of draws us together and binds us together. And I think makes us act in a way, when you combine that we're employee owners and you combine that with the fact that we want to work here for a long, long, long time, we don't make short-sighted decisions. You know, we're not going to make a lot of money at the expense of a client and treating them fairly or developing a relationship. We're going to not do that, right? Because that would be short-sighted and silly. Um, so we're going to do things the right way and treat people the right way because we want to work for the clients over and over and over and do amazing work so that they want to hire us again. Um, and I think that envelops our people. I think they all act like that, which is awesome. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Doug. I appreciate your time. You enjoy your, the rest of your day. We'll keep in touch, all right? You too. Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too, Doug. All right. A big thank you to Doug for coming on the show today. It is my hope that these conversations answer some questions you've had and also offer a perspective you haven't considered before. Again, make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at Inquire Inside. I want to thank you all for tuning in today, and we'll catch you next time.